This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Sally Spickard from San Diego, California. And I'm Jamie Jennings coming at you from Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 24th, episode 2167, brought to you today by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. That's right, it's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie That Girl Jennings and Glenn the Geeky Pony Guy. Wednesday, On today's show, in our horse health report, we discuss core vaccines with Dr. Brian Waldridge. Bronyan Watts joins in to tell us about Cold Spring Nurse Mares. And we'll discuss taking our horse problems to Dr. Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a <laughs> packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> today is Glenn's birthday. Woo-hoo! Happy birthday, Glenn. You old. Yeah. <laughs> He does not look a day over 127 years old. <laughs> he looks awesome. So I thought I would have a little fun and let's make fun of how old he is and talk about what happened on this day back in 1962. What was making some headlines? Well, I did a little digging, guys, and it was all about, like, heading to the mood. There was apparently (laughs) this rogue rocket, this U.S. rocket that had just gone rogue and stopped communicating. And all the papers were basically about, oh, my God, is it going to crash into the moon and blow it up? Are you serious? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was like mass hysteria. About this they rock got the moon that was vibed. Yeah, so, no kidding. <laughs> and and also uh, Edmonton Journal, wherever the heck that is, I'm not even sure. Uh, but appara- their headline was the Kremlin vetoes zonal sampling. <laughs> the, oh, Kremlin. <laughs> the Kremlin. Oh my gosh, that's crazy because that's so like that's just an ind- indicative of like where the world was at that time. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> This just in, cars have been invented. (laughs) No longer riding horse-drawn carriages. (laughs) Okay, this next line, it ends really bad, so we're not going to pay too much attention to the ending, but the gold of the joke is in the beginning. Dairy truck driver hits train. (laughs) Oh, my God. But he was a dairy truck driver. (laughs) Wow. That's the, the poor milkman. He didn't make his first appointment. <laughs> didn't make it, but yeah. Oh man! So happy birthday, Glenn! You old, you old, you old. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, you know what? When we see him at Land Rover Kentucky three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian, we're gonna have to get him one of those little like uh, we'll have to rent it from the horse park. One of those little wheelchairs. Yeah. Like 
little horse logo on the back. Be like, here you go, Glenn. We got yeah, this for you. So you got to get him one of the ones that he can control with the the little lever, you know, so he does that. He can be with the straw. Oh, yes. yes I love yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> control with the straw. Blowing it and it goes forward. <laughs> God, we're going to hell. All right. Carry on. <laughs> So uh, obviously with me today, I have a new co-host and it's Sally. Sally, formerly of Heels Down fame, now has reached out and branched out and gone out on her own. Sally, what the hell are you up to these days? Spread my wings. I'm just, you know, so independent now. Um, I, you know, I'm super excited because I have quite a few different people that I'm working for now, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. Let's just be honest. But um, I just started doing marketing work for this new company, HyloFit. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not. Um, it is a new GPS and heart monitor device that is designed for both the horse and the rider, which is really Ooh. cool because there is kind of a little bit of a rider fitness element missing, I think, from a lot of people that you know ride because it's it's hard to make time and spend money on stuff that involves ourselves and not our horses. So um, you know, I think that's kind of a cool thing. But it's really interesting because it's all wireless. So you can wear it like on the girth of the horse and on yourself and it tracks your heartbeat with your horse in real time. Oh on my video. gosh. Okay, cool. Let me just tell you how awesome this would be for training Mustangs because oh, when yeah. you're gentling a horse, one of the most important things to do is control your heart rate and to breathe and make sure your heart rate is low because horses are going to mirror your adrenaline. They match your adrenaline level. If your heart rate spikes, theirs is going to spike because that's what herd horses do. And they're like, oh my God, why are they freaking out? So if you learn to keep yourself nice and calm and keep your heart rate down, oh my gosh, this will be great. Great science. Well, and it's cool too because I've I was talking to um, Lisa Marie Ferguson. She's Canadian and she's going to be competing at Land Rover Kentucky this week. And she's been testing out HyloFit for us. Um, and she noticed a lot of differences. Speaking of like the heart rate um, and nervousness on her young horses, and so she was she's able to put that on her young her young horses. Um, and she's able to kind of see when they kind of get more excitable or when they get more anxious or nervous because their heart rate tells on them. And so she can kind yeah. of tweak her training schedule or her training, her warm up routine, um, that sort of thing based on the data that she gathers, because that's something she wouldn't ordinarily necessarily have that's access so to. Interesting, because they do yeah. say like when the horse's adrenaline goes up, their learning goes down. You know, exactly. they, once once their adrenaline is up and that heart rate is high, they they're not learning anything. They're just right. going into horse mode, protection right. mode. It's just That's getting so into fight or flight at that point. Right. Yeah. So there's a whole, there's, there's a different ways to, to use it, which is great. So the, you know, there's obviously the fitness aspect, which is great for eventers, endurance riders, show jumpers, anybody, you know, doing a lot of cardio exertion, but it's also good for just knowing your horse. I mean, how many people out there that are listening may not even know how to take their horse's heart, excuse me, horse's heart rate in the first place, you know? Yeah. And I think that is something that, um, is missing in just basic horsemanship education. So I'm, I'm really excited to be working with HyloFit because um, they're trying to really kind of fill that gap, I guess. Um, and you'll be there with them? Yeah, so I'm going to be there at Land River, Kentucky. If any of you guys are coming, you should um, come see me. We are in Sponsor Village, so nice and fancy, booth number 16. Um, and I'll be there Friday through Sunday. So I'm oh, super fantastic. excited to get to go to Kentucky. It's like, you know, my favorite weekend of the whole year. So... It's very everybody's, fitting. It's everybody's favorite weekend of the year. Well, that's great. I'm so glad we get to see you. I know that um, we fly in. I actually, 
uh, let's do our daily winnies. And uh, let me actually, Glenn's going to get mad at me. I got to tell you the schedule. So obviously this is not live. And obviously I have a cold, by the way, sinus infection. You Yay sound me. great though. You know, you're uh, pushing through. I am, uh, I am high as a kite on Sudafed, my friends. <laughs> but anyway, we have, we're not live, so everything is recorded. So Thursday, tomorrow is going to be Grooming Thursday with Professional Equine Grooms. And then Friday and Sunday, we will be live from Land Rover, Kentucky, three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian. So we will be there, and hopefully we'll get to see all of you. Now it's time for our Daily Winnie, and Sally, you go first. So I want to give my daily winnie, and I guess this is a little sad. So I'm sorry to start things off. This oh way, no, but no, my... we don't do sad daily winnies. Oh, we don't. Well, it's not it's sad. For... Okay, I'm going to put a spin on it because my girlfriend she just tagged me in a Facebook post of this um, article that I wrote about her horse that she lost a couple years ago, and she brought his um, ashes to Kentucky last year to kind of spread like around the park. And she put them in um, the head of the lake. And it was just kind of this really sweet, you know, way to kind of find a final resting place place for him. So anyway, she just tagged me um, in face on Facebook, because obviously, it's kind of a memory for her and um, a special time of year. So I just want to give a shout out to her because this the story that I wrote was you know, it was emotional for her, but it was very, um, you know, poignant and relatable and a lot of people were kind of impacted by it. So, That's you know, just idea. thinking of you, Bridget. Yeah, um, I, I know. And she was like, you know, it was one of those things we were at the head of the lake after cross country. And she was like, is this weird? Like, are people going to judge me? And me and her friend were like, I mean, probably, but who cares? Like, this cares? is for you, you know? So I it was spread. Great. It's always trying to figure out what to do with the ashes. And I know when I drove from Arizona, from Georgia, moving to Arizona, I had my horse's ashes. I had from, I was 10 to 28 years old and I just had them. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do something cool. And so I poked a hole in the bag and I drove from Georgia to Arizona. So I spread them all the way across the country. <laughs> that was like yeah. my well, thing. Well, that's a good idea though. I mean, I think it's, just a nice way to be able to kind That's of cool. Well, good for yeah. her. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, next out to you. Next daily Winnie. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you all a story. Uh, I have a thing when I just to start out when I wake up in the middle of the night, somewhere around four on, I cannot go back to sleep while my phone rings at four ten this morning, which should not happen. So to back up, I made a friend here in Oklahoma. Her name is Larissa and it must be getting pretty serious because she's coming to Land Rover with me. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I'm really excited. She's a dressage rider. It's not her fault. Uh, I still <laughs> like her. So uh, I, she calls me, <coughs> excuse me, at 410 this morning and I answered the phone and I was like, Larissa. So she's on my same flight we are flying together from here to Dallas, Dallas to Cincinnati. And our flight leaves tomorrow. And I'm supposed to pick her up because she's like a couple minutes from the airport. I'm just going to pick her up on the way there and go up to the airport. And she lit, uh, I was supposed to pick her up at three 30 and she calls me at four 10. I'm like, oh. I answered the phone, Larissa, we don't fly till tomorrow. She's like, <sighs> What? She's like, I've been standing on the street waiting this whole time. Like, Larissa, oh the, the flight God. is tomorrow. And she looks at her thing and she's like, no, the flight's today. And I'm like, 
oh crap. So I get up, look, I'm like, no, I fly tomorrow. We fly tomorrow. In all of the sharing information to keep flights back and forth, she booked the exact same times of flights, but for today oh. instead of tomorrow. So she oh. stood in the dark on the road at the bottom of her farm driveway from 330 oh to 410 God. this morning. And then she's like, I guess I'll just try to catch the next flight. And I was like, you better call right now. You call yeah. right now because you can't just like bump yourself to the next flight. She calls. She's like, they're like, we can get you on a later flight, but it's going to cost $850. Oh my God. Oh, and, and I was like, girl, you better get in your car. Like plane takes off in 45 minutes. You better get there. Cause she lives like five miles from the airport. So no problem. She gets yeah. in the car. She makes it all the way there. She's like, you know, the hot mess running through the airport. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. It was a bags in tow. She, uh, you know, we talked how many check bags we're going to take. <laughs> Straight out of home alone, <laughs> running through the airport. Stop coming, don't take the plane. They get up there, they're like, mm, sorry, we've closed the doors. It's too late oh, now. no. She's like, what do I do? They're like, mm, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to rebook you on a flight that leaves at five tonight. It's going to cost you $75. She's like, oh. yes. <laughs> that worked out well yeah oh my gosh i was like larissa i swear to god how did we never talk about the day we were traveling <laughs> we just talked about the times and i looked at what i sent her a screenshot so of that's kind of basic <laughs> i sent her a screenshot of mine and it clearly said thursday the 25th and she sent me a screenshot of your hers and it clearly said th Wednesday the 24th. And how oh neither God. one of us put those two things together and actually talked about it. And she that did text hilarious. me an awful lot yesterday asking about packing. I should have. <laughs> I should have picked up on it then. Like, why are you packing so early? <laughs> like, I leave I leave tomorrow and I don't plan on packing until tomorrow morning. So that's how right? I roll. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know. <laughs> I guess I, I did something to similar to that one time. Did like, you please? I, I, <laughs> I did so I feel like I did something similar one year because it was on my Facebook memories a couple days ago that I had like screwed up my flight to Kentucky. I don't remember what I did, but I think I think it was something somewhat similar to that. So I mean it happens to the best of us. Oh my god. I just I was like, how how bit how terrible is that? Like neither one of us even just connected it. And now she calls me at 410 and so I'm on the phone with her till five trying to get Excuse me. Sorry. I'm so, just cold. Uh, I'm on the phone with her until five trying to get this sorted out. And you think I'm going to go back to sleep after all of that excitement? Nope. So here I am. Sudafed it up and exhausted. Good times. Now, here's where I want to take you on a little journey. This is a journey called. Hold on. Where did I put it? Who are you going to call with your horse problems? Dr. Facebook, of course. All right. Are you ready for this? I mean, okay. I've got to just read the thing. Can <laughs> anybody tell me what would cause my horse to go blind? My 28-year-old miniature gelding was fine Tuesday. And then Wednesday, he ran into my friend's car after he spooked. He spooks when I try to halter him. He doesn't see me until I'm a few feet away. And sometimes, even then, I have to rattle the gate for him to notice me. It's been incredibly sudden, and I'm worried it might be neurological. Does anyone have any thoughts? Yeah, I have a thought. Call your damn vet. <laughs> right? That would be the correct answer. Sally, would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. Okay, well, I'm going to go through the 
Dr. Facebook of the answers to why the horse, the mini horse, has suddenly become blind. Oh, boy. Here we go. The first one is, your horse has EPM. The next one is, it's moon blindness. The next one is, recurrent uvistus. I'm sure that's supposed to say recurrent uveitis, but Mm. both words are spelled wrong. (laughs) Your horse has diabetes. Um, Insulin resistant or similar to type 2 diabetes. Oh, that's kind of an agreement. (laughs) Mm, Your horse has lepto. I'm assuming that's leptospirosis because somebody else later on says it. Uh, The next person says your horse contracted polio. Oh, my God. Is that horse get polio? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think I so. Like none of them are ever like may have or possibly. They're like, nope. Yeah, this happened. Period at the end of the sentence. This is it. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, oh, somebody else said, mm, well, goats get polio and it's caused by a B1 deficiency. So obviously goats are horses. That's a totally. great call. Yeah. Um, Closest relative. Definitely. <laughs> goats get polio. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> let's see. Oh, here's the next one. Obviously check his entire body for ticks. Does ticks uh, cause sudden blindness? I guess so. Oh, maybe like Lyme disease. Mm. Maybe that's what they were trying to say. Dr. Facebook. This next person says, you know what? We reversed that. By feeding our horses fresh clove garlic. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. <laughs> Next person. Uh, Dr. Facebook, my horse is all of a sudden blind. What do I do? Are his eyes clear? Your horse probably is dehydrated. What? Oh, my God. Um, leptospirosis, leptospirosis. I mean, these are not like maybe. No, it's leptospirosis. That's all they say. Um. Wow. This is worse than going on WebMD. And I love how Uh, the miracle cures were water and what was it? Garlic? Like garlic. garlic. Full fresh cloves. All this time for blindness? Who knew? Pick pick all them ticks out. (laughs) Um, Your horse's liver is shutting down. (laughs) Uh, Another one. A blow to the head can cause blindness because your horse detached the retina. Okay. Wow. Oh, God. And the final answer of why her horse has become suddenly blind skunk spray question mark yeah suddenly blind from the damaging poison of skunk (laughs) spray i've heard about that it's very common oh my god please call your vet okay enough said if you guys have any doctor facebook questions don't ask them on facebook call your Mm -hmm. vet i mean Mm -hmm. come on Y'all know now, did anybody say ulcers? Because that seems to be like the number one cause of any problem on Dr. I, Facebook. You are exa- this. I got to say, this is the first time I have not seen ulcers. No as ulcers. the first. No, okay. Well, your horse is blind, but he doesn't have ulcers. It's laminitis. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> ulcers and laminitis. I'm, I'm looking back through to see if it says ulcers. <laughs> because there are lots of replies on these. Uh, let's see. No ulcers, no ulcers, no ulcers, no ulcers. This is the first time, the very wow. first time, ladies and gentlemen, ulcers has not been the first answer. Yay. I'm going to find common. this post and I'm going to go on there and comment and say your horse has ulcers just <laughs> so it's no longer that way. And it needs some turmeric and coconut yeah. <laughs> in its ears. Okay, that's Dr. Facebook. 
Well, I would like to thank our title sponsor, horselovers.com. Before we get to our first guest, Bronwyn Watts from Cold Spring Nurse Mares. And I don't know if you're as addicted to shopping on Horse Lovers as I am. It's horseloverswithaz.com. They have all of these deals of the day and all these things that change all the time. If you're a fan of Himalayan rock salt, they the deal of the day is you can get like one of those big Himalayan rock salt things for under $10. Okay. Oh, wow. That is a steal. It is a steal. Everything under $10 have a whole section of Himalayan rock salts that are all under $10. They even have like barn stable equipment and gifts and jewelry made out of rock salt. I mean, wow. if you're a fan of the rock Creative. salt, that's the way to go. They have tons of closeouts, bridles, dewormers, breeches, show shirts, girths, all sorts of stuff that is uh, on sale. And they also have still going on. You can win a bunch of WinTech stuff. So uh, go on and you can enter the contest to win. Uh, they have all of the top featured brands, Ovation, Roma, Professionals, Choice, anything you could possibly need. I needed some bridle hooks for my barn Sally and I go on horse lovers and get it along with dewormers. It, it just, you they have everything. One stop shop. It's true. It's and so it. we always appreciate them being on. Oh, they've got some blankets. I'm like a squirrel. Like, squirrel. <laughs> Why is it a uh, saddle pads and blankets are like the most addicting things to buy. They really like, are. I can't stand it. Anyway, horselovers.com. Go check them out. Horselovers with a Z.com. Uh, would you like to lead this Sally? Sure. All right. Since you know her. Um, well, you know, it's funny because I feel like a bit of a stalker when I say I know Bronwyn because I've only seen her, you know, on Facebook because she's so Bronwyn is like a total star in the horse industry. She's got over 30 years of, of experience um, and she's from Virginia and she started out doing pony club, but she's also been a professional groom in the event world um, for years and years and years. So we've seen her at a lot of different events, you know, helping different writers. I know she's really close with writers like Lainey Ashker and um, other big names. So she's definitely got a lot of experience behind her. And so I feel a little bit like a fangirl because I've never actually spoken <laughs> to Bronwyn, but I know who she is. So I mean, today's the are. day. <laughs> Today is the day. Awkward Sally interview incoming. Bronwyn? Yeah. So Bronwyn, I was just saying in my interview or my intro to this interview that I know who you are, but I don't think I've actually ever really talked to you ever. So I feel a little bit like a fangirl because I've seen you in the eventing world so much. Um, So it's nice to kind of finally meet you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. So I want to know, because I was trying to think of who I've seen you, you know, grooming for and and doing all that, you know, we've got Land Rover coming up this, this weekend and you've been so many different times. Can you tell us like your favorite Kentucky memory or, you know, somebody, a a great experience that you've had in all the times you've gotten to go? Yeah. So I've actually, um, I've groomed at Kentucky, uh, gosh, seven or eight times. Um, and (laughs) I say my first time ever grooming, uh, I was grooming for Emily Pollard, and she was she was riding West Farthing. I believe it was 2006, um, and she uh, she finished sixth, I believe, uh, nationally and seventh or eighth internationally. Um, so that was really fun, just to be you know my first my first big four star grooming experience, and and my horse ended up top ten. So that was really. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, as far awesome. as my most, 
yeah, and then my my most memorable experience at, at Kentucky was probably, um, I would say, I believe it was 2012. I, <laughs> all the years get a little jumbled up in my head, but I believe it was 2000. No, I'm sorry. It was 2010, and it was with Lainey. Um, you know, of course, she had her accident in 2008 at Kentucky, and I was also grooming for her then. So that would be the year that was like the worst Kentucky year of my life. Um, but 2010, Lainey came back with Anthony Patch, um, and she went double clear. Um, well, I, actually, I don't think she went double clear on cross country. I think she had some time, but she went clear jumping. Um, and that was just a super sweet moment. Um, yeah. Just for her to come back from her accident and, and have – you know, no jumping penalties in cross country. And, and that was really awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. I can imagine. What's your, so, was, you know, they got the jog going on today. What's your, yeah. you know, if you have to share a, make your horse look as shiny as possible on one day tip, what would that be? Like, what, what, what do you think is the best thing that you can do on jog day? Um, so I do a couple of different things. Um, obviously a really good bath that morning. And then, um, I like to do a warm, like a warm sponge with the baby oil in it. Um, and so you bathe them and then afterwards you do a warm sponge down with baby oil. Um, you, you basically pour a little bit of baby oil in the warm water, mix it up, and then you just do a sponge down. Um, that with our horses, you know, we're bathing them constantly, which mm-hmm. I'm not a huge over bather, um, because I think it really dries their skin out. So what I like to do, um, is to actually put the oils back in their skin, um, with that warm water and the baby oil, the warm water opens their pores up and then you get that oil going back into their skin. I think it really puts a nice shine on it, um, on them. And actually, uh, Dorothy Crow actually gave me that pointer, um, way back when it was probably 2006. 2007. Um, she gave me that little pointer. So I've carried that on with me. Um, and I think it really just puts an extra shine on them. As far as your final prep, you know, as you're heading up to the jog strip, um, I love to do a little bit of baby oil, put it in my hands, run it through their tail, um, and then also put some on a rag. <clears throat> and you have to do it kind of very carefully because you don't want to leave kind of streak marks on them. Streaks, yeah. But yeah, so do some baby oil around um, their muzzle. You don't want to. It's it's a fine line. You don't want to do too much, um, but you but you want to get that shimmer, that shine. So you just kind of play around with it and and uh, throw it on them the best you can. And and always, you know, the kicker is to get the tail looking really good. <laughs> That's yeah, a hot especially- shit. Okay, get, getting white tails white. Some people say ketchup. Some people yeah. say. What do you do? I can't tell you it's a secret. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! You can't this? do that to us. That's it. I I'm not am, talking about your nurse mares. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, so I have made a promise to Becky Holder. Um, I actually have to inquire. Yeah, I bet she needed secret. a lot of expertise on that. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to inquire on her secret recipe, and she made me swear. <laughs> that I would never give out the recipe. (laughs) Only in um, honor of Courageous Comet would this be allowed on the show. 
it's You're fun. lucky. I like that horse a lot. Yeah, right? All right, yeah. moving on. Let's talk about your nurse mares. <laughs> Jeez. No, yep. that's it's great. So, so the reason we did want to talk to you, aside from your amazing expertise in grooming, and um, well, first of all, are you going to be at Land Rover this year? I am not because I have uh, I have nurse mares going. <laughs> so, so tell us about I, Cold Springs I, nurse mares. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually um, I got the I took a year off last year, um, and just for some personal reasons, I wanted to just take a break from life and go travel, um, a little bit. And, uh, so I ended up taking eight months off. Um, I started in Belize in Central America and I backpacked my way all the way through down through Central America and then hopped on a plane from Panama, flew into Colombia, And then I backpacked all through South America, um, uh, for eight months. And God, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really amazing. I got to work with some really awesome horse people down there. And uh, yeah, that's a whole nother, whole nother segment. <laughs> Producer Jemmy, but, write uh, this yeah. down. We need to have her on to talk about our adventures there. Okay. <laughs> Back to the yeah. nurse mares. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I was, I was kind of, I went, went on the trip with an open mind of like, you know what? I think that I'll spend the next year traveling and, and w- what, you know, what I want to do for my future is will come to me, you know, and, and sure enough, I was sitting on a porch, um, at my Airbnb in Chile in Santiago, Chile. And I came across an article that Laura Phoenix had written and she's the owner of nurse mares of the Northeast. And it was about her program, which, uh, this year, I believe is her fourth year in the program, uh, starting her program. And, um, she started a hormone-induced nurse mare program, and I read the article, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, it was just, this is what I want to do. This is this keeps me in the horse world. It keeps it, it's new and it's innovative and it's um, giving back in multiple ways with the horse industry, um, and it just. I, it just hit me really hard, and it, and I sat on it for a while. I kept rereading the article, um, and I just then from that moment on, I just started researching it, and uh, and so I got in touch with Laura, talked with her about it, you know, asked her opinion on what you know my location in Virginia, if she thought that was a good location, and da 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 da. And she was really encouraging in. Um, uh, telling me to start the business. She was like, go for it. She was like, you, you're you in a perfect location being in Virginia. You've got access to the whole Southeast. Um, and she's like, you obviously have the connections in the event world to be able to get your name out there, what you're doing. She was like, you need to do it. Go for it. And so Laura has been a huge mentor for me um, with this nurse mare program. And so with her help and her guidance, um, and her professionalism, she, she has, um, helped me get it going and we, I, it has exploded this season. I actually, um, I've doubled my numbers already, my predicted numbers for the first season. And, um, I can't keep up right at this moment. Wow. Um, I just, it's, I mean, I have 15 mares leased out, uh, as of today, I've actually got two calls pending right now. Um, and, uh, it's, 
and I I have a hundred percent success rate pairing my mares with the folds, and it's just been an incredible roller coaster, and it's it's awesome. I mean, what I get to do is so incredibly rewarding for you know with anything within the horse industry, it, you know, not that you don't get to do anything without a ton of hard work, you know, mm-hmm. and. So it it is, I mean, it is hard work um, getting these mares going. And, you know, there's no black and white to it. You know, it's not, oh, here's a written down protocol. Let me just follow this protocol. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that because, you know, okay, we all know what mares are like in general. Then not only are they uh, very strong in their personalities as, you know, as individual mares, but then their bodies respond are are the exact same way, you know, so you can have a written down protocol and say, okay, well, this protocol worked for this mare. So let me see if it will work for this mare. And it, and it can be completely different. So every I'm, mare's cool. body. Yeah. yeah so like how... every mare's body responds differently. So you have to kind of figure out, okay, well, she, she doesn't respond to this hormone as well as, as the first mayor. So let's tweak this and go with this. And, you know, and so it's a, it's a lot of science behind because you're, you're playing with hormones and you, and there's, you got to be careful with that, you know? And so it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me, let me jump in here and just say, for those who don't know what nurse mares are like in general, when I worked in Kentucky, and a racehorse would be born that was clearly worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and the mom rejected or the mom died. There was just some reason that the mother was unable to take care of it. They bring in a nurse mare and a nurse mare is a mare that is in milk and has just had a baby. And they take yep. the baby away because that baby's not worth anything. And they put this super valuable baby. But what happens to the to the foal? And that's the the like major trauma that happens in the under the, the, the backside of the nurse mare world. But what you do is how, how are you getting these mares to accept babies and to produce milk without having falls? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. So that's the, that's the really cool part about our program is that our mares do not produce that what they they're called throwaway folds. Yeah. Um, our mares don't produce those throwaway folds. So we bring them into, into lactation with hormones. Um, and that stimulates their, their, um, lactation. They come into milk with the hormones that we give them. And then we take them, we get a phone call we and we take them to the full and we have a very special, um, proprietary, uh, protocol that we've developed for our mares um, that that works, and so we have this very special bonding technique that we do, um, and and it's you know it's it's that that moment is a very delicate moment, and so you got to really play with you know body language and the look in their eye and a little twitch to their ear and. You know, you got to just play with it perfectly to get them to bond to that foal. Bronwyn, um, you have okay. This needs to go. You need to go public with this. You need to shout it from the rooftops. It's not courageous comets tale. You need to tell everybody (laughs) 
how this magic happens because this is a part of the industry in the horse world that really needs to change. You know, you look at Last Chance Corral on Facebook. Those are all nurse mare babies and there's just yeah. hundreds of them that are just, yeah. the, and, and I worked at a breeding farm and they had a nurse mare and part of the deal as you breed your nurse, nurse mare back to the teaser stallion on the farm so you can send yeah. the nurse mare back pregnant. And so there's no, yeah. there's just indiscriminate breeding. And that is my least favorite thing in the world is just, you know, if you're going to breed, breed the best is the best. I didn't that that was how it was done. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You have a teaser stallion at these big barns and they tease the mares and they like, oh, this one's in heat. So time to send her to, you know, oh Bernardini. But then this yeah. teaser stallion, this nurse mare comes in. We got to send the nurse mare back pregnant. So we're going to breed the teaser stallion. He gets his frustrations out because he's a teaser pony. So he finally gets a girl and too bad he's, right. a, you know, he's a 12 hand pony and she's a 17 hand draft horse. They put him up on a, you know, hill uh-huh. and he gets to cover yeah. them. Anyway, it's yeah. crazy. It, it is. It's, 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 um, it's inhumane. You know, it's, you're breeding, you're breeding, uh, horses that are, are, uh, you know, the, their, their breed requirements, you know, oftentimes the teaser stallions are God knows what, you know, they're, they're mixed six times over with something. And then, you know, the nurse mares, typically the traditional nurse mares are ones that are, um, a a draft cross. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but they can be, you know, sometimes you get the Tennessee walking nurse mares, you know, or you get a gated nurse mare or whatnot. Um, and so then you're just mixing, you're breeding this and, and to solely produce a foal, and that disaster. foal is a by is a byproduct, you know. And that foal is is discarded or pulled to the side, or you know, regardless of what happens, you know, there's a ton of different things that do happen to that foal. Um, but it's it's unwanted, and that basically um, it's inhumane, it, you know. And then not to not to mention the trauma that you're only you're inflicting on that newborn foal, but you're also inflicting on the nurse mare you know she just she just gave birth to her own full full and now you're pulling that full away from her it's um, terrible yeah 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 it's a traumatic thing and then and then oftentimes those mares have to be forced into taking a new full because they know that that foal's not theirs you know and so it's um you know it's it's tricky it's a tricky situation and I think it's it's the dark side of the nurse mare industry, um, the, and it's also it, it's a catch twenty two because nurse mares are needed, you know, and and I don't think anybody enjoys knowing what happens, but it's kind of like they turn a blind eye to it because mm-hmm. they they need a nurse business, you know? they need a nurse mare's business, mm-hmm. exactly, well, exactly. It was kind of. With our program, you know, our, um, I've, my one mare that I, I actually, I've only had to sedate one mare this year. Um, and she, she was sedated only because she was too excited to get her full. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. Well, Bronwyn, we, we excited, are, so we, we are definitely running out of time, but I just want, I want you to publish this. I want you to scream it from the rooftops to change. You, you have a, a very unique thing happening and I think you should go public with it and make it just 
implement it. Change the world, girl. You can change the world. Yeah. Don't worry, Bram. Yeah, I'm going to be texting you about writing an article about this. So you're yes. stuck. Okay, cool. <laughs> Please yeah, do. That would be great. I would love it. And wh- where can people find out more about you? I've got your website. It's coldspringnursemares.com. Yep, that's our website. And we are also on Facebook, Cold Spring Nurse Mares LLC on Facebook. Um, I really try and keep our Facebook page super active so people can see kind of, you know, what, what our mares are doing when they're going out with the initial pairing process. And then, you know, we do occasional, you know, fun videos here at home of the mares. And then we also do update videos and pictures of our mares with their foals, you know, weeks later, you know, and you can see how the foals are growing and playing and how happy mamas are. And this is amazing. Yeah. And then we also have Instagram as well. Cold spring nurse mares. I mean, come on. Do you get any better than a strong, powerful woman who's traveled the world with a backpack and has groomed it? Landra, a Rolex industry and is like changing the world. Girl, hugs to you and best of luck. And we're going to call you back and I want to talk about backpacking. That's next. Okay, great. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bronwyn. Coldspringnursemares.com. I said we'd keep it quick. Bless your heart. <laughs> Go take care of your so interesting too. Like, yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks, Bronwyn. Have a good day. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Gosh, that is a chick that I could talk to for hours. I, I guess know. And sure. she's, she's got so yeah. much, so many stories to tell. And I'm so glad that she found kind of what she was supposed to do next. Like, I, I didn't know that's what she had gotten into. Um and that's just incredible. So, I mean, especially when, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't worked in that industry, you don't know what that is, but it's funny when you're in, when you're in Kentucky to, tomorrow, next day, as you're driving around, you'll see, a, you know, the babies are running in the pasture and you'll see all these beautiful thoroughbred mares and you'll see like a draft appy out there with the foals. You're like, what the heck? That's a nurse mare. And that is how this whole thing happens. And that is amazing that she's just changing the world. I absolutely love it. Well, Hey, um, I would like, speaking of the Land Rover Kentucky three day event presented by Mars Equestrian later this week, we will be bringing you our annual coverage. And for the meetup times and locations, because we are going to be there. Are you going to come and hang out with us Friday night? Uh, at of the course. Open barn and barbecue. Yes. Uh, visit horseradionetwork.com slash Kentucky for all the details. Uh, this is the fifth year in a row. Weather Beta is our title sponsor. Whether you love cross country show jumping or dressage, Weather Beta offers a complete range of horse boots and wraps for your horse. Designed with the same level of comfort and detail as the turnout ranges, Weatherbeta offers a complete range of boots and wraps to meet your lifestyle and your budget. Visit weatherbeta.com to find the perfect pair for you. They will be there. Oh my gosh, I'm a Weatherbeta junkie too. So we appreciate them bringing us to the Land Rover Kentucky 3 day event presented by Mars Equestrian. By the way, I think I'm the only person in the world who calls it that. Uh, I did <laughs> you, notice you that do a good job of staying on brand for that. <laughs> I'm on point, man. I should get a special bonus. However, I do know that the heels down girls call it not Rolex. And I'm uh, like, yeah. Yeah. I call it that too. Very affectionately. It's probably easier, <laughs> uh, but then I'd just be stealing from them. So now I can't. Well, and it's like, also, I think the whole thing is like, I think we all want to support anybody that's sponsoring Kentucky. Yeah. So it, it is very much more respectful to use Land Rover or Mars or whatever variation and not, not Rolex, but not well, Rolex. People, is just funny. Like, I'm not going to call it 
Land Rover. It's Rolex forever. Well, you know what? Know. It's not because they pulled their sponsorship. You yeah. should be mad at them for taking away all that money. Exactly. It's actually it. not forever. <laughs> it's not Rolex forever. It is the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian. Yeah. Boom. So, drop it. Thank you to Land Rover and thank you to Mars for all your support. We will gladly call it that. And weather <laughs> beat around. And Morton Barnes is also bringing us uh, to it. So we're going to have some Morton Barnes swag. I'm going to make Glenn wear. He's going to have to wear something other than Horse Radio Network stuff. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Anyway, Jen recorded a uh, interview with Dr. B, and that's appropriate because he's the Kentucky guru vet. And so we're going to hear from Jen and Dr. B talking about core vaccines. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. And I'm so happy to welcome back to the show Dr. Brian Waldridge, known by known to most of the horse world as Dr. B of Dr. B's Bluegrass, who has a fantastic Facebook p- book page that highlights in beautiful living color all the wonderful things that are to be seen in Lexington, Kentucky. And he's a veterinarian, too. So welcome back to the show, Dr. B. Oh, thank you. It's always just uh, the biggest pleasure to be able to be invited. So thank you for asking me. Are you a Kentucky native, Dr. B? I am. I actually grew up in Bardstown, Kentucky. And that's where, when you listen to my old Kentucky home, there that's an old plantation house about a, oh, about two miles from where I grew up. So... I, I grew up in the town where my old Kentucky home is. Oh my gosh, isn't that cool? Oh, it is, and it's it's um, probably more bourbon made there than anywhere else in the world too. So um, there's there's lots of very cool Kentucky things there, and about sixty miles west of Louisville, and or sorry, sixty miles west of Lexington, forty miles south of Louisville. So kind of right in the middle of the state, right in the middle of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful states in the country, if I may say so. Well, thank you. I, I'm I'm very prejudiced about it, but I'm also would have to agree. <laughs> there we go. Well, we're going to talk about a veterinary topic today, since you are Doctor B, and this comes around with amazing regularity. We have to give our horses their vaccinations, and I don't know about anybody else, but at the beginning of the year is when I think about it because I have to kind of schedule things out and okay, I'm going to go here or there at a certain time during the year, and I need to make need to make sure vaccines happen on the right kind of a schedule. And the ones that we're going to talk about today are called core vaccines. So tell me what a core vaccine and why they're considered core. So core vaccine, the the way that I describe that to everybody is those are the vaccines that are recommended for every horse in every situation here in the United States. So the, the core, if you think about that, that's their essential vaccine and that's where vaccination starts. And then from there, you, you branch out to what's an at-risk disease in your, in your area. So with the core vaccines, there's five of them. The first one's tetanus, which everybody knows that one. And then are sleeping sicknesses. And depending on which side of the Mississippi River you're on, we have eastern equine encephalomyelitis here in the eastern part of the United States. And Western equine encephalomyelitis on the Western states, west of the Mississippi River, which is a mosquito-borne vaccine. And then 
with West Nile being now pretty much in every state in the continental United States, West Nile, another mosquito-borne vaccine, uh, is in there. So that's that's our, our five, unless I forgot one, tetanus, EEE, and WEE for those western or eastern equinocephalomyelitis, West Nile, and rabies. See, I never realized that the eastern and western had to do with the geography of the United States. I always thought it was a strain from some exotic country somewhere that got brought in accidentally 15 generations ago, and I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, so California is kind of an exotic location to me, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it is. So, uh, and, and there are big differences in um, in the diseases themselves. EEE, the eastern is almost uniformly fatal and very few horses has survived and and the horses that have survived it tend to have uh, permanent neurologic issues where the western form has a lower mortality rate and so tends tends to be milder so the both uh, in geography and uh, the clinical si- clinical signs are the same but the survivability of the two diseases is is uh, significantly different. So when somebody says, okay, I, they call their vet up and they say, I need to get core vaccines for my horse, or they go and purchase them to do the vaccines themselves, you s- frequently see Eastern and cef- Eastern and Western encephalomyelitis together in the same vaccine. And, th- and that's okay to do even though you're in Mississippi and you're never going to leave Mississippi or you're in New York State and you're never going to leave New York State. It's just fine to have your horse vaccinated against both. Yes, yes, and it's recommended as part of the core because you know one thing that we we've found and one of the um, other many benefits of global warming is mosquitoes go everywhere and carry things everywhere. You know, West Nile wasn't in this country until what the the 1990s, and so because of the mosquitoes are are found in more parts of the country than maybe where they weren't there before, and they persist longer. You, you can't. Uh, be assured that you're not going to have Western crossover or Eastern crossover or um, so when West Nile came, it's believed that mosquitoes on a ship from somewhere or what brought brought that into the country. Well, that's the, I guess that's the tricky part with uh, as much travel as there is, both human and products moving across the country, horses moving across the country. Insects that can carry these diseases can get trapped literally anywhere. And before you know it, you've got a disease that has only occurred on one coast across the country on another. So that that kind of makes sense. So that makes sense. So when when the AAEP created guidelines for core vaccines, did... What are some of the things they took into consideration? Is it whether or not a human can get it, whether or not it's fatal to the horse, whether or not it's got an effect, effective vaccine available? How do they make those decisions? Well, the biggest one is what what would hit all horses in all situations. So, ah, universal uh, the, universality. The, okay. Yes, yeah, so that's the. I think I tell people it's the building block. This is every vaccine program starts with these cores. Core vac- the five core, and then you branch out from there to decide what other vaccines you may need to use, depending on what part of your country, what part of the country you're in, or um, you know, if it's a show horse, what the, mm-hmm. the risks may be to because there are increased exposure to other horses. 
So we're looking at, at diseases that any horse under any living conditions could get anywhere in the country because rabies, hello, you can get that anywhere. Tetanus, that's yeah. in the soil, can get that anywhere. West Nile virus, as you say, has more recently become a core vaccine compared to some of the others because we're seeing it across the country and any horse can get it because it's insects and they go everywhere, as is encephalitis. Very interesting. Now, once you get beyond those core vaccines, you usually have a discussion with your healthcare practitioner about what risk-based vaccines your horse should have. Explain what a risk-based vaccine means. What, what criterion are being used? So that would be pertaining to your situation of what part of the country you're in. If there's um, the best example would be botulism. We see botulism here in Kentucky and in Florida that can see it as well. So if you're in an area where botulism occurs, then adding botulism into your vaccine program would be a, an, an ad, added risk to the horses. And so it would be worthwhile to vaccinate for that because it's common enough. And when it does occur, it's it's expensive to treat. So if we can avoid the horse contracting botulism, it's sure one I would recommend. Um, other ones would be there's there's a new lept- leptospirosis vaccine, which is a uh, bacteria that can cause abortion, and and you know that's starting to be used in, here in Kentucky because we do see lepto abortions are one of the most common causes of abortion here. Or if you had um, a horse that say it went to a lot of horse shows and things like that, and you're in a boarding barn, and that's where you think about things like uh, adding in uh, vaccination for strangles and flu and things like that because uh, those be communicable diseases and horses that travel and horses are under stress be more likely to bring those back. So these are diseases that um, your horse might qualify for one or the other, depending upon uh, what type of living situation he's got, whether or not it's a barn where he's exposed to lots of horses coming in and out and lots of stress. Right, right. Right. It really is how much, um, and, that's something going to come in or they may spread. Or, and then how much traveling is doing where he's going to be the one traveling in and exposing others because we have to look at both sides. He he could bring something in as the one who has been exposed or be exposed to because I, lo- I think a lot of people look at it as, well, I'm I'm going to not vaccinate for X, Y, or Z communicable, and that's a disease a horse can transfer directly from horse to horse and doesn't need anybody in between because I'm very careful and my horse doesn't travel very much. He's not going to get anything and carry it to anyone. But I think the flip side of that that we often forget about is that um, your horse could pick something up and give it to someone and he could be exposed to something and bring it home. So it's it's both sides. You don't want your horse to get it from somebody else, but you also don't want your horse to un- unknowingly pick it up, yes, smaller chance, and give it to everybody else in the barn. So when you're looking at your vaccines, some, be, some um, boarding facilities require everyone to be on the same vaccination schedule. Others do your own thing. Does it Does it make more sense from the public health perspective to have a relatively closed population, say a boarding barn where the horses pretty much live the year round and go out to horse shows occasionally and on weekends and come right back 
would it make more sense for those animals all to be on the same schedule? It does for me because, as you say, it, it herd immunity is is important, and and the thought the the concept of herd immunity is basically all those animals in that group have good immunity against we'll say flu and and so it's less likely that a flu gets in there that it's less likely that those horses will become sick and also the other thing you're hoping to be if horses do get sick that they're less likely to shed flu virus or they'll shed flu virus in in a lower amount because they've been previously vaccinated so you're right it it both helps to prevent something getting in there and getting started but if somebody does get sick, you're hoping that what they share with the others will be in lesser amounts. So there we go. And the final, ta- the the final question I have for our discussion on core vaccines: uh, Coggins test. What is it, and why is it important? So a Coggins test. That's named after Dr. Leroy Coggins, who developed the test against equine infectious anemia and that's a virus and it's a in the same family as the aids virus and what this virus does is it gets into the horse and when a horse is exposed they'll usually run a fever become anemic because the virus affects the red cells also affects red cell production and can cause death um and the platelet can usually drop as well, and their legs will swell. But what that virus does is it'll then, if the horse survives, which most of them do, it inserts itself into their DNA, which is how viruses replicate themselves, and it'll sit there. And it may sit there forever, but at some point, the horse will get stressed or the virus mutates. I think that, that virus does is it mutates, and when it pops back up and mutates, it's like the horse has never seen that virus before. And so that viral load will build up into the horse and that's where it can be spread to other horses. And it's spread by biting insects and it has to be large biting insects because they have to be able to physically carry enough blood to infect another horse. So the, the, the insects that do that are, are horse flies or um, deer flies, which are in the same family. Or I think everybody knows about if you use a needle from one horse to go to another horse, that blood transfer, things like you know, surgical instruments or teeth floats and things like that that aren't disinfected can, can also be potential carriers. So the, the bad thing about EIA virus is there's no cure for it, and infection is forever. So any horse that's infected is usually going to be an asymptomatic carrier. The horse shows no, uh, no overt signs, but... When that virus mutates or if you get stressed potentially, then that horse can begin to shed the virus and infect other horses. So that's why it's so important. We, we don't have a cure for it. We don't have a vaccine for it. And most horses that have it, you can't tell they have it, but they're always a danger to infect other horses. And, you know, I, I've had that happen to me uh, twice in my career where uh, EIA virus has popped up once in a horse showing clinical signs that were unusual horse came in for neurologic disease. But in another case, folks had bought this pony and were bringing it home, brought it by the clinic to get a Coggins test before they brought it home. And it was an asymptomatic carrier. Oh, wow. That must've been devastating. 
Oh, it is because you have to go back, and once it happens, you have to go start going back where the horse came from and sure. trace back to the herd. And then when the and that's a state veterinarian thing. And when they did that, they found another asymptomatic carrier there at the farm. So it um, you know it's it's going to be a quarantine situation, and those horses, you know, they can't be in the population anymore. So they uh, they have to go to a research facility, or they have to be put down. Wow. So. EIA, which is what a Coggins test tests for. The Coggins test tests to see if your horse is carrying the virus. There is no such thing as a vaccine. So the only way to know if that stuff is around is to get the Coggins test. And you're doing it so that you can take asymptomatic horses out of the general population because they're the ones that are spreading it around. Right, right. Because our only control that we have against that virus is to identify infected horses and take them out of the population. That's right. That's the only control we have. Well, there we go. So if you want to learn more about core vaccines, risk-based vaccines, and Coggins tests, you can find lots of really good information at the website of the American Association of Equine Practitioners. That's aaep.org. And they actually have a section just for lay people. So stuff is written in words that we understand, and I will put a link on today's show notes page, and uh, you can follow that and head on over there and learn more about it. And thank you very much, Dr. Brian Waldridge. Where can people follow you on Facebook? They can find me at Dr. B's Bluegrass on Facebook, and um, I always appreciate it when when, uh, you put me on the show and people, I get to see new folks or logging on and uh, starting to like my page, hopefully. So everything's on there. people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half chaps, Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store. Or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com Sally, thank you so much for coming on and being my ghost today. And guess what? Yes. I'll see you tomorrow. I know. I didn't even think to ask you if you were going to be in Kentucky. And now you're like, I'm going to Kentucky. And I'm like, this is the best trip ever. I'm so excited. So you, what, where are you going to be the whole time? And um, are, what things are you going to join us for? So I'm going to just, so I'm going to have to look up your schedule and see where you're at. Cause I'm going to definitely come out and hang out with, hang out with you guys. Um, I will be mostly hanging out at the Hyla Fit booth, which is again in Sponsor Village, number 16, booth number 16. We're having a few different cool things like um, a couple Q- uh, Q&A sessions with Doug Payne and Clayton Fredericks. So um, you guys should definitely stop by and get more information on that. But I will be hanging out. I will be stalking riders. I will be stalking horses. So, you know, come up, say hi, be awkward. We'll just do it together, you know. Okay, perfect. Well, you have to come and sit down on the show with us on yeah. Friday morning. Yeah, come I say hi. There. All I right, will. perfect. Hyla Fit Booth, and we'll be there. Go to uh, horseradionetwork.com, I think it's slash Kentucky, and you'll find out all the places we are going to be. And if you're not going to be there, we will miss you, and we will bring you some great coverage. So at any rate, 
Thank you for being a part of today's show. Now, uh, we have a new question. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you learn today? I learned all about nurse mayors. I didn't know how bad it was. And now I feel enlightened and I want to go and help Bronwyn make a difference. (laughs) Go change the world. (laughs) I love having girls on. Let's see. I learned... Um, about the heart rate monitors. I'm pretty excited about that. That's pretty cool. And also I learned, um, call the vet. Don't go to Dr. Facebook. Appreciate y'all joining us. Have a great day. Spay, neuter, and geld.